beautiful souls and welcome or welcome back to the Thoughts That Manifest podcast. I'm your host, Elle, and I am a mindset and manifestation coach who aims to inspire you to awaken your mind to the limitless potential that is within you. I am back today with another episode with my dear friend Courtney and today we are talking all about relationship red flags and you know how to move on and have a healthy relationship after getting out of toxic relationships. So this is just a trigger warning again because we do talk about topics that can be you know very triggering like abuse in relationships and things like that so just keep that in mind. But I don't want to make this intro too, too long, so why don't we just jump into today's episode? beautiful souls and welcome back to another unconventional conversations episode with me and Courtney. Today's episode we are focusing on relationships. The good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah, we're talking about it all. So I'm really excited about this episode. We're just going to kind of go with the flow here, see what comes up and hopefully you can gain some insight from us sharing our experiences and you know so on. So how are you today Courtney? I'm good. I worked last night. So the fact that I'm alive, is a miracle. It really is. It is such a miracle. I love to see it. And Courtney is wearing the coziest robe right now. And I am so jealous. It's you from so Old Navy. Good. Shout out to Old Navy. When they do their like pajamas, 50% off sale. Mm, I need to get me some. I need some Christmas PJs. I don't have any. That's see my oh, shirt. This I is love it. Slaying the competition. That's amazing. Oh, I love that. So I think we're going to just jump into the episode because we tend to talk a lot. So (laughs) (laughs) why not? You know, so how we wanted to start this is the first thing that we're going to talk about is the earliest relationship red flag that we can remember and how it kind of impacted us and what we learned from it and what it reflected back to us possibly from our own unhealed wounds. Mm -hmm. So yeah, now that we have that like hindsight. mm -hmm, Exactly. So Courtney, do you want to go first? I have so many. I think probably because like you have all, you know, those like middle school relationships. I have so many things I could share too about about them all. Things that weren't like relationships. I think there was a lot of rejection early on in my like love life, which sucked. Just like a lot of boys I liked that I asked out that didn't like me and then there was like a lot of boys who really really liked me and I was just like uh I see you more as a friend but like in terms of an actual relationship I think I had like my first serious relationship I want to say fourth and fifth grade with like a, a guy who was a little bit older who was like my sister's age and I don't specifically remember any red flags from that relationship he was actually like pretty nice to me And I don't think he ever cheated on me or anything. It was like the next boy that I dated in like seventh and eighth grade. And he had like a cousin who lived right down the street from him. And she had like a best friend. And like, I remember not being thoughtful about the fact that like he was hanging out with his cousin and her friend. I didn't really think anything of it. And now looking back on it, 
I think this ended up making me more insecure in my like future relationships and having a lot of trust problems because it turned out that like that whole time whenever they were hanging out he was also dating that other girl in line to me so I think the first red flag was you know when you're dating somebody and they're like talking to you and calling you all the time and like they're all about you he just would randomly have these moments where like he went radio silent Mm. and then he'd pick back up again it was like even when we were dating and he would like date her and then date me, it was the same thing. Like he would date me and he was like totally into dating me and really liked me. And then he'd go radio silent because he was distracted by her and then he would flip back and forth. And I don't have anything against that girl, but I remember at the time just being like looking at her picture and being like, you're in love with Quasimodo, which is really mean. But I was in middle school and obviously I had a lot of insecurity problems. So, mm. uh, so probably that, but I think, I think it was like a wound reflecting back to me, the rejection, but also what we were just talking about before we hopped on our podcast, which is knowing your self-worth and understanding like you have to have your boundaries, your self-worth and the understanding of who you are before you can like fully be in a real functional relationship Mm -hmm. and in middle school I don't think you have any of those things no yeah in middle school I feel like we're so young and we were never taught how to have that kind of self-worth and confidence in ourself and I feel like that's the most important relationship is the relationship that you have with yourself because it sets the foundation that the rest of your relationships are built off of so if you Mm -hmm. have you know a lack of confidence a lack of self-worth oftentimes that's going to get reflected back to you in the relationships that you have with other people. And I definitely experienced the same thing. For me, I think the first like major struggle that I had in my earlier relationships were just a lack of communication. Honestly, every person that I dated, like every guy that I dated early on in life, they would text me all the time but then in person they would not talk oh my to god you. they was, wouldn't talk to you it almost, like we'd go to school and they wouldn't talk to you it was bizarre like hide behind their friends it honestly so seemed weird. like they were almost embarrassed to be like around me and also I had many relationships where they wanted to talk and do things but never wanted to make it official with me oh, so that annoying. was kind of interesting because then I I never felt good enough to be worthy of being somebody's girlfriend because, you know, they wanted to hook up with me, they wanted to mess around, whatever else, they wanted to talk and flirt and chat. But then when it came to actually becoming like girlfriend, boyfriend, there was always, you know, some sort of excuse. They were never wanting to show me off or whatever. They wanted to like kind of hide the fact that we were talking. And so that always made me question my self-worth as well. So that was kind of a struggle. Again, it's like that, like you said, you know, rejection wound. It's reflecting back my rejection wound yeah there's also like a shame there's also like a shame element of that like you're ashamed of me and then you're like what is it is it my physical beauty is it like who I am is it like the family I come from it makes you question everything Mm -hmm. which I think to be honest some of it's just like kids are harsh and we don't understand when we're young like the impact we're actually having on other people by our behaviors but then when we got to high school and like college and people were still doing it they knew yeah. They knew that what they were doing was really sh- shitty. Yeah. And I will say I I do feel really grateful to have met my husband at a young age, but the two relationships experiences that I kind of experienced before him were pretty tough on me. 
even though one of them wasn't even like officially well actually I can think of three significant ones that I was talking to one I was dating in high school and I already mentioned that one in a previous episode so I won't go too much into that but then the other two it's just like emotionally unavailable people that I attracted. Yeah, like I remember so many people who wanted to hang out with you all the time. They wanted to, they were constantly texting you mm-hmm. and they were telling you like, oh, you're beautiful and I want to be with you. But then you were like, okay, so let's be together. And they're like, but I can't. It's so confusing. And then as soon as I move on, they basically messaged me, you know, all of these crazy things, basically guilting me into feeling bad for moving on. Mm-hmm. And I was so confused because it was like, you never really actually wanted to be with me so why are you upset now yeah I think something like that happened to me it was really terrible and I think for a we it's sad because I had a really good friend who was a guy and we don't talk anymore at all and I think it's because we let like the physical aspect of the relationship get in the way of our actual friendship and we ended up hooking up at a time in my life where I had a lot of things going on and he lost his virginity to me and it was really like emotional because we were friends before that and we were talking all the time so I thought you know obviously the natural progression like this is going to become something and I wanted it to become something um because obviously I had feelings for this person and then he just like immediately after was just like no we can be friends but then he was very confusing in terms of like very flirty and I was just so confused by it and like I had all this false hope and I mean you remember I was like crying to you all the time because I was like I really like him I just don't understand it it triggered that rejection wound again and then fast forward I end up meeting my now husband dating him and like I think it was a year into dating my husband, this person finally reaches out to me and basically confesses that they're in love with me and wants to be with me. And I'm like, okay, at this point, it's it's too it's too much, maybe even two years after. And I was just like, you, you waited way too long. Like now I'm totally emotionally invested in this other person and have like built this beautiful relationship that we've been working on that I can't, I'm not going to leave that, you know, like your opportunity was lost. And I'm sure I did some things in those two years that also misled him because I had feelings for him and that wasn't right, but... Yeah, I mean, something I was thinking about the other day is how hard it is because we are humans to not do things in relationships that aren't okay, that could be considered a red flag. And I'm sure even in our relationships now, we still do things like that because you just... There's just so much for us to learn through relationships and I honestly had the same thought I was like thinking about recording this episode and I was like thinking about mentioning how basically I don't think there's any existence even the healthiest relationship you could possibly have with someone where there's not some sort of red flag it's it's what happens after that red flag that really determines like is this a relationship that's functional and healthy or is this a dysfunctional relationship that I shouldn't be in Exactly. And I think part of it too is because we are here to learn and grow. And one of the best ways to do so is through relationships because relationships are like mirrors. It's kind of like gets us, you know, to dig deep and work on ourselves so that we can show up as a better partner or just have like those healthier relationships that are more balanced. Absolutely. But before we talk about that, I kind of want to 
if you're up to it, talk about that one very impactful, in my opinion, relationship that you went through. Oh, yeah. The one that lasted. I think, well, now I've been with my husband dating wise, like much longer. But at the time, it was the longest relationship and the most serious, like adult relationship because we had lived together and everything. And I was pretty young. It was like six, I think it was six years of my life. Was I like 15 to maybe it was longer than that? No, it was six years because 15 to 21. Yeah, that was a roller coaster of a relationship. It was because I got together with someone who was like, friends with my sister but it was like friends with my sister's boyfriend and it was like he had already been dating my sister's best friend before that and they like broke up and that whole like how we got together was a little bit weird because I don't remember certain specifics but like he had already been dating my sister's best friend and then they broke up and then I think like they had had, I think they had dated for like a year. Like it wasn't a short relationship by that age because we were in high school. And then he just like immediately started dating me. And I, at the time, I didn't like that friend that my sister had for so many reasons. But now that I look back on it, like that probably wasn't really nice. I probably shouldn't have done that. But, but I got into that because I think for all the wrong reasons, like I just, I wanted someone, I wanted a boyfriend I didn't want to be single anymore I was lonely I wanted to feel like someone cared about me like I was beautiful like I was accepted so I I don't think looking back on it now I had the right motives for getting into it and that makes sense about why it didn't work out Mm. and it was a roller coaster because like I said like I lived at home and I didn't know a lot of things about him when we got together like it's very different from how the initiation started with my current husband because my current husband when we started dating we started hanging out and having all these like really broad like philosophical conversations about our morals and how we wanted to live our lives and the people that we are and want to be and how we want to grow and it was like exhilarating but also very intimate like immediately this other relationship maybe it was because we were younger or like I said we got into it both for wrong reasons but it was very I would say it was honestly more superficial we didn't have those conversations and by the time I started to get to a point where I could have those conversations I don't think he was hearing me and he didn't realize how important that kind of stuff was to me or it had changed to being important to me but yeah he cheated on me so much and then he had a drug addiction and I don't know if he had like a full-blown alcohol problem but it was like when he wasn't using drugs he was drinking every day so I guess yeah yeah um so he had like serious addiction problems and so that was hard because he had great qualities to him but like you saw like there were times where like he would be withdrawing from drugs and alcohol and he just became really violent to the point where like that one night where you were gonna be sleeping over our apartment I like remember just looking at you and being like do not leave me here because I think I might like, I think he's going to kill me. That Don't was honestly leave. so terrifying. I was so scared. It was probably one of the scariest moments of my life. I just, I, I, le- him, like, I legit was like, please do not leave me. Cause I, I just, I don't know what's going to happen. I just remember him like whipping something at you because he was mad. He couldn't find his phone charger or something or his phone. It was ultimately cause he was mad that you were there and we were making noise. And I'm like, this is supposed to be like my space too. And this is my best friend. And like, it and was that- all because he had some weird vendetta against you. It was like, he was jealous that I was close to you. Which is very weird to me because I remember, I will say I hung out with you guys a lot. I know. 
a lot. And I always thought that he was kind to me or whatever, like that he liked me. But I also remember him having a very short temper. And the thing is, is he reminded me a lot of my dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he and he, he didn't have any ability to like self-reflect no. on why he got that mad, what triggered him. He didn't know how to communicate once he really got that mad and he didn't self-reflect on like his fault in it or how to move past doing that same repeat behavior. And that's the same thing that happened with his drugs and alcohol addiction and the same thing that happened with him cheating. And like he had a great family and it really sucked because I loved his family. But like his, I remember his siblings, me being like yeah like your brother literally like crushes pills and snorts them and tries to hide it from me and like I remember his siblings like getting mad at me thinking that I was making it up and I'm like I physically live with him I'm telling you he has a pill problem he's snorting opioids and to think about it now as a nurse people always talking about the opioid crisis that was my introduction to it was like young people crushing them up and snorting like percocets and oxys and stuff like that and Sometimes I forget when I see those things on TV that like I actually lived through like a a major part of my life impacted by that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same with my dad watching him go through withdrawals when he didn't get prescribed, you know, enough pills, he said, because he was taking too many. He was taking more than recommended because he got addicted to them. And Mm -hmm. then the doctors wouldn't give him more because he took too many. And then he'd go through withdrawals and they get scary. And that's the thing. I remember like I would hang out because they're a totally different person. Yeah. And I remember just when I used to hang out with you guys, when you guys were dating, he would get mad over the littlest of things like if all of a sudden he went the wrong way driving like he took the wrong turn it would be like all of a sudden a snap and like you were saying when he was mad at us because we were being too loud which I don't even remember being too loud but that is again one of those things that I remember from my dad when he was withdrawing so it's Mm -hmm. definitely one of those signs where like everything you know why because when you're withdrawing sounds are heightened yeah exactly exactly yeah especially like alcohol What I was going to say is I think something that was super interesting with that relationship and also being like the outsider, like looking in at your relationship was when I kind of took it upon myself to try to like get you to notice the red flags, but then everybody else Mm -hmm. around you was saying that I was wrong. Oh, yeah. I actually wanted to talk about that. So there was like this toxic mentality in my family, especially with my mom and even my sister had like this almost like invisibility glasses on a little bit to it for like a long time because I think because it was her friend and she ultimately now I, she she's happy that I'm happy and she supports that but initially it was hard for her to understand of like this toxic mentality and you see it on TV oh like oh if this man doesn't love you or oh if this man's not the man you want him to be but you're in love with him you can fix him you can change him you just need to stay in that relationship honey no you don't no. he needs to change for himself you cannot force him do not change who you are to try to fix someone else it's not going to work and you lose yourself and that's exactly what happened to me it's so true and that's another thing too is that when you're in a relationship and people are like looking at your relationship ultimately you really have to kind of ask yourself how does this relationship truly make me feel so what i from an outside perspective i feel as if maybe you and him were trauma bonding and what i mean by Mm -hmm. this is that this this form of trauma bonding is when someone, sometimes it's like a narcissist, but I know that's a big word and that's like a buzzword on the internet, but <laughs> I'm just- right now. Yeah. And 
No, they he did usually, a lot of gaslighting. Yeah. He uh, gaslit me all the like fucking that. time. Yeah, they like, he, gaslight, yeah, they, could, they break you down, and then all of a sudden, he, they build you back up after they break you down, and then the cycle repeats. They build you back up to keep oh, you in. That's he absolutely did that. Because he, he used to, like, go out of town for short periods of time for, like, work, because he had started working for this company that, like, couldn't get work locally, so he would go out of state for, like, a few days. He would come home, and... I just knew in my heart because he at, he was acting weird, like phone texting and calling when he was there that something was up. And I knew that like the company had like a lady who worked with the other third party who like got them the contract who was like for some reason was like there and staying in the hotel like near him. And I just remember like not trusting him. So I went through his phone and I found weird messages. And then I would find like receipts for like two people out to eat. And he would be like, oh, that was me and my coworker. And I'd be like, really? Your coworker gets a glass of Chardonnay? And then ultimately I found like I would push and push and push and push until like he would admit that he had cheated. And then it got worse because he was like, yeah. And she would do drugs with him, which is something I wouldn't do. So he was lying, sneaking around, cheating doing drugs with her which was like a huge no-no for me I was like if we're gonna be together you can't do opioids and my mom the whole time is just like you should stay you should work yeah. it out I got so burnt out I had this like personal fire inside me I just always had that and I remember reading a journal an old journal the other day and I I, I saw that I wrote and I was like what happened to me I'm not I'm not the same person anymore I don't even know how to speak up for myself like I, I'm just walked all over and I just allow it to happen mm. relationships can truly drain the shit out of us mm-hmm. and like you said we can lose ourselves which is I feel like, like something in- social a construct of like I hate it of like females can change a man and females should be the ones who stay no it's a, no. it's a two-person relationship when it comes to like losing yourself in relationships I think in the beginning of my relationship with my husband I was still stuck in that mentality of like not knowing how to be my own person outside Mm -hmm. of my relationship wanting to spend all this time with him all the time and if he wasn't spending time with me I would be really sad and upset and I felt like I needed 24-7 time with him but what's really interesting is I feel like we attract certain relationships in our life for a reason because if I did have someone who was attending to my every need and was giving into my neediness, I would have never found my independence in a relationship and Mm. created all of that I have been creating. Yeah, it's like he cultivated by him like a lot, like giving you the space and support to be introspective about what you needed to work on on your own journey. Mm -hmm. It helped spark your whole creativity. Yeah. And then I think about how, you know, that really toxic relationship that you were in with your ex and how much you've changed since getting out of that relationship has been insane. That's interesting. I wonder... Okay, so like we're going to go on a side rant. Can you tell me the summation like briefly of like how you feel like I'm different? Yeah, absolutely. So when I saw you in that relationship... And again, this is all just outside perspective, right? Because I'm not you and I'm not him and I wasn't your relationship. But Yeah, but you're my best friend. So <laughs> I did for spend like 20-something years. <laughs> yeah, I did spend a lot of time with you guys, which is why I always was so frustrated whenever people were trying to make you stay in that toxic relationship because I was also, like... Also, the only time you and I have have ever like not spoken was because of this person and we didn't talk for like yeah. two months. Yeah, because I remember... And I still remember the day that it first started 
did. And you had one of your friends there who I'm not going to mention, but you did work with her. Maybe you can think of who I'm talking about. I think maybe I can. And I remember it was us, your sister, and I was having a conversation about how I did not like how he was treating you and how I could see all the red flags. And I was the only one who could see it or try to like bring it to your attention. And everybody else was like gaining up on me, basically saying that like I was wrong and that I was making you feel awful and that, you know, they shouldn't, that you shouldn't listen to me. Meanwhile, you were the one I was probably confiding in the most about all the things that were going wrong in that relationship. So you knew the full perspective of what was happening. They only got glimpses. Yeah. And that was really hard. And so that's when the falling out happened because I think you were kind of upset with me in a way because everybody was telling you to stay and I was kind of- You want to know the real reason we didn't talk? What was it? He didn't want me to talk to you. Really? Yeah. He literally got like crazy controlling it was just like it's because i shouldn't talk to her yeah he didn't like that you were like wise and independent and could see through all his crap the other thing that he used to do that was super dysfunctional is and my it made my mom mad once and i don't know why she didn't change her tune after this i went to the mall one time told him i was going to the mall with my mom and my sister i'm out with my mom and my sister he calls me yelling at me about why i'm not home already and what he's going to eat for dinner if I'm not there to make it because we had lived together at the time. And I was so young and my mom was like, what the hell is wrong with him? And she was really, really annoyed and mad at him. But naturally, like my mom, it felt like immediately after she was mad, she like didn't care anymore. She was just like, he's a great person. Oh my goodness. Yeah. No. Controlling. I was like crying in the mall. Controlling to the max. But so this is how I saw you glow up after leaving him right when you were mm-hmm. in the relationship with him i could just see it in you that you had low self-esteem to what i've noticed was that he kind of brought out this side of you that i didn't recognize because you guys mm. would fight a lot so i could see you getting triggered a lot from him and vice versa you guys were very triggering to one another it was like you guys were reflecting each other's wounds back to one another and Ooh, that was like yeah, a side of you Yeah, that was a side of you that I never saw really outside of you guys hanging out together. So when I was hanging out with you three, um, you three, when it was us us three, three, I could just tell that he was bringing out the side of you that was angry. You were a lot more angry around him. Mm, Which is like versus my husband I have now. I'm like completely a goofy spaz. And you guys... You guys didn't really talk like how you and Trevor talk. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. People like almost find it like disgustingly cute. Yeah. Like everyone we meet who hangs out with just the two of us, they're like, what is wrong with you guys? And I'm like, we're soulmates, you idiots. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But yeah, you literally would, would not talk the way that you guys talk now. And I can tell that you're happier because you have a partner who you can talk to. And another thing that I noticed is just your physical self. You're just glowing. You can see it in pictures. I was like really overweight and like kind of meh. It was just like, you just didn't have any like self-love because I think you were just surrounded by all of these relationships that made you feel unlovable. Yeah, I could 100% agree with that. And it's hard to love yourself when it's when all that stuff is going on and you don't feel like I felt unworthy. I felt unattractive. I felt like I didn't matter to someone that I cared so much about because he just betrayed me. And like I said, some of the I'm a tor- 
Taurus moon. So loyalty, friendship, all those things mean absolutely so much to me. They're so important. Weird that my husband is also a Taurus moon. And the same exact things mean so much to him. So like loyalty is huge in our relationship. And in that relationship, I just felt like that was never, we were never on the same page about that. We never saw eye to eye on that concept. Mm-hmm. And it was never going to work that that would never work. I will say the the moment that there were several moments where you had a big impact on me and we would break up, but then I would always go back, mm-hmm. which sucked. Probably because I was influenced by a lot of a- external other people to go back and try to make it work. But also I think, like you said, like a lack of self-love and self-worth. So mm-hmm. I was like, this is what I know. So I'm going to go back to it. And then I remember meeting, obviously now, my now husband. And he met me and my husband used to work together before we were together. We were co-workers. And I remember him like working with me and my ex came in and was like visiting me. And he was like being really like condescending and rude and stuff to me. And making all these really like weird and appropriate jokes in front of people I'd, I, you know, who are my coworkers that I didn't know all that well. And I just remember my husband um, coming up to me and being like, I can't believe that's like who you date. That's, you seem so much different. Like I wouldn't have expected that from you. And he was, he was almost like disappointed. And I felt like maybe he was onto something, but like the ultimate thing that broke, broke that whole relationship, the weak that my dad died. I went there and had dinner with him and we went out for ice cream and I was talking to my dad and I was like telling him all the things I had told you. I was like, I don't know if this is right. I feel like I should break up with him, I'm, but I'm very indecisive. And I was looking for like external validation on like what I really should do. And my dad was like, listen, the guy is a great provider. He can make money and he works hard. That is where I draw the line. He's like, he doesn't treat you right. He doesn't respect you. He's not kind to you. He's none of the things that I would actually want a partner to be for you. And then obviously my dad passed away and it was like an emotional click in me that was like, I'm not living a fulfilling life and life is so fleeting and we're only here for like a finite amount of time. And why am I in this relationship that doesn't make me happy? And other people can see that it doesn't make me happy and it's not functional. It's not healthy. And so it was really my dad. And then his passing that finally was like a wake up call to get out of that. Yeah, absolutely. That's when you realize, yeah, life is too short. And if other people are noticing that like I'm not happy and that I deserve more, then why don't I believe that myself? Right. And my dad was always like this. He always built me up. Like he supported me a lot. He, oh, he always like growing up. I remember like waking up and like, you know, having like crazy morning hair and he would be like, oh, you look so cute. And he was always really sweet towards me and I was like his youngest daughter. So he used to baby me and I was kind of his favorite. So that whatever like Freudian relationship thing that exists, I wasn't getting that in that relationship. Like the the person I was with wasn't mirroring any of the positive qualities that I had seen in my father, which they say like your father is can dictate a lot of like things that you look for in a partner, whether that's weird or not, whatever. It's just your male role model. I think we don't need to get into the weird psych psych part of it but um so he wasn't reflecting any of that like my dad used to cook and clean and he worked really hard but he also like family meant a lot to him and he was very emotional and that wasn't reflected in that relationship at all so I'm like I'm over this finally I don't blame you I finally got the courage to move on unfortunately for him it was the day before Thanksgiving (laughs) the worst part was like my friggin' dysfunctional family so we broke up the day before Thanksgiving and I didn't immediately jump into another relationship I had a crush on my now husband 
it wasn't until like I had an end of the semester, like house party. You went to that. It was December 14th. It was like almost an entire month later. And him and I just started talking. That's all that we did. All we did that night at that party was really talk. I think he like tried to kiss me and I felt unsure about like, you know, the whole situation because it was really soon. And like he ended up kissing my cheek and then he took me to breakfast the next day. And that was, that was it. A week or two went by and then we started actually, actually, I think it was several weeks went by. Like it wasn't until like Christmas-ish time that we kind of like started what the kids used to call talking. But my family at the time was still like inviting my ex-boyfriend over for like holiday parties and shit. And he was like trying to like grope me and hang out with me and like hook up with me. And I was like, please stop trying to touch me. I'm over this. We are broken up whether my family wants us to get back together or not. And I felt so disrespected by my family and so unsupported. That's a lack of boundaries moment, especially with your family. Like the fact that they invited your ex over for Christmas. That's just such a lack of boundaries. That's horrible. I would have been. Yeah, so it was really my mom. It was my mom. <laughs> Yeah, I would have been so uncomfortable. I was wicked uncomfortable. I remember actually texting my now husband the whole time that my ex was there. I was like, I can't wait for him to leave so I can like leave this party to go hang out with you because I like don't want to be here. I can't believe my mom invited him. And like, it's so weird for me because like, we're not, we're not getting back together. Like I'm moving on with you. So how did going through such... I guess you can say toxic relationship impacts your relationship with your now husband when you first started dating him. Mm, it was tough because I had a lot of like trust. I had a lot of anxiety around like trust and respect and even like sexual trauma that kind of got in the way of some of our bonding. But I think the thing that helped the most was like initially we had bonded, like I said, over like shared ideas, shared concept of who we wanted to be and our morals and our values and like what was important to us and our outlook for our lives. And because that was like initially how we bonded, I think he also is this, he's a cancer. So he's extremely, he's a cancer Taurus and I forget what else he is, but so he's like very emotional. He's a Libra. So he's very emotional, but he's also like very empathic and understanding and introspective. And so all of those things was something completely opposite where he genuinely cared about what I was saying and was listening and was like positively reinforcing me and and like it was the first time I felt like I was talking to someone in in a romantic partnership who actually cared about what I was saying and like what was important to me was important to him he just gave me like a lot of grace and patience and of course there were moments where he just would get so frustrated because the same thing would come up again and again and again and I think we started dating he was 18 so there were times where he added to my trauma because he didn't know emotionally himself how to process what was going on or you know it just became came so frustrating to him like he was still dealing with the repercussions of something else that someone else did to me but like a lot of communication a lot of talking a lot of like painful crying conversations on my end and even sometimes on his end where like ultimately we always came to the decision that like we want to work on this we want to be together like this is what matters to us and like if we have to have these uncomfortable weird conversations that's fine because the relationship means more to us that bond means more definitely communication is so key and And what I've learned is that because we were never really taught as children, because for many generations, communication was never really prioritized, I feel like. 
Wow. It was never really prioritized. We were never really taught how to communicate in a healthy way, how to understand emotions and things like that. So then you start- Or like seeing communication in in functional marriages. You don't see that. Yeah, it, it plays out in your marriage. And it also says, you know, I saw a quote. It was like, whatever you did not receive as a child is what you're going to be searching for in your relationships. That makes sense. And that's that's something I can definitely relate to because in a relationship, I want those emotional conversations that, that would connect us on an intimate level because I never really got that with my family. And mm-hmm. I guess my love language, usually your love language is what you didn't get in your childhood. So, oh, that's so crazy. Isn't I'm that thinking crazy? Of mine. Mine is acts of service. And you were always the one cleaning the house, doing things around the house, being mm-hmm. the parent growing up, basically, in that regard. So when people that's help That's another you with major that, thing that's different from that relationship to my husband. Like, I'll be, like, out with friends or something, and I'll get this, like, laundry list text. I mean, you've seen it happen, where, like, he'll be like, I did all the laundry. I did all the dishes. I vacuumed. I made the bed. I reorganized the closet. And now I'm taking out the trash and i'm just like like, oh my god this is who you marry (laughs) this is who you marry oh my god i'm melting yes thank you yeah and mine is physical touch and quality time and i mean my Mm. family is very distant with like like at least growing up hugs and you know showing affection they're just not those kinds of people usually they've gotten better but early on it was just one of those things that was weird so physical touch is a lot for me like I really love that and then also because I I dealt with those past rejection wounds whatever then also quality time because I didn't really have time with my family growing up they were never really around like my mom was always working with her boyfriends things like that my dad wasn't around so those are my two love languages and what I've learned too is that oftentimes we want to love our partners in the way that we want to be loved until you Mm, learn the whole yeah exactly until we learn that whole like like everybody has their own love language kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So making sure that powerful. you're showing up for your partner in a way that they need to be loved is so important. Yeah, it's it like can you strengthen can't... your relationship. But that's, I feel like that comes back to like wanting to put an effort in a relationship and communication. Because if you don't want to put effort into the relationship, then the whole thing is thrown out the door. And then you have to have communication, but you have to have the effort to want to have the communication. Mm Because the thing is like new relationships are like tantalizing and exciting and they give you butterflies and you're so excited. And it's like, that's really awesome in the beginning, but there's something about being with someone like a long time where like you finish each other's sentences and you know what the other one's going to want to do immediately. And like you both go like you want to go out to eat and you say the same place and it's like you have all these things that you you become essentially best friends and you don't necessarily have the butterflies anymore but you have this intimacy that you don't have with anyone else yeah absolutely and that's I definitely agree communication is so key but we're always so afraid I feel like to communicate Especially when it comes to communicating, you have to be vulnerable. Yeah. And especially if, as a child, you communicated your needs but got shut down, Mm -hmm. that can make you not want to communicate your needs in a relationship or if you were in a toxic relationship. Yeah. Or if you weren't even allowed to speak speak out for what you needed as a child exactly then there's that underlying fear of well if i communicate my needs is it going to be is my partner going to take it as a personal attack because they could especially if they felt constantly attacked as a child if they felt like they were never good enough if they felt like they were mm-hmm. always doing something wrong when so that's actually be- something i dealt with specifically now that you mentioned that with 
with Trev. Yeah. So I, he used to like point out these things and I'd be like, oh, it's me and terrible. I'm a terrible person and I suck and I can't believe I did this. And I would just go right into like self-loathing and he'd be like, I, I don't understand what's happening right now. Why, why, why are you spiraling? Yeah. It's not you. It's just something we have to work on mm-hmm. together. Together. it's that that protection it's that inner child that feels not worthy not good enough when somebody tells you what they need but I also think too it's really important how you address the needs and the wording behind it because Mm -hmm. it can or the intention behind it yeah because you You can have like a narcissist like try to trick you and shit yeah and you can come off in a very I don't know what did my therapist used to teach me like don't use you statements that's something that's like really important when you're trying to communicate your emotions, your needs. Don't say you made me feel this way. You did this to me. But it's more so like I feel as if I need more of this. Yeah, that makes so much sense. But yeah, so basically making sure that you're not attacking the person when you are c- communicating about what you need and making sure too that timing is right because I also feel like if you bring up a problem that you're experiencing during the wrong time when you know that the person just came home from work is stressed out it could be very triggering for them because they're already on this stressed out level that like you're just adding another stressor to their already stressed out mind it's gonna just make them Mm -hmm. spiral another thing that i noticed as well is don't stop learning about your partner right learn about what triggers your partner learn about how your partner handles conflict because some partners want to talk about things right away while others need the time to step back and reflect before they speak absolutely what is it like anxious and non in anxious attachment style are those the kinds of i'm not going to use big words because i'm not a psychiatrist but i know (laughs) there's certain attachment styles i know what you're talking about I don't remember the difference between them, but I will say like personal experience wise, like a lot of the time my husband wants to like talk immediately. And when we get in arguments, I think it's the way that I was brought up and the way that I was like told I wasn't allowed to have feelings. And I was shut down when I did have feelings for so many years and just like constantly invalidated that. And it was really dysfunctional, like a lot of like emotional yelling and whatnot. So when we have disagreements and we're like having conversations, a lot of the time in the beginning and sometimes even occasionally now, I will just like go dead silent, like radio silence because it's like too stimulating. It's if there's too much. I can't even think of, I can't even voice how I feel because I don't know how I feel. I need that processing time to sit with myself and collect my thoughts and my feelings. And then I can vocalize what's going on. And the important thing in a good relationship is that he encouraged me because initially it would start out with him thinking I was just shutting down and I didn't want to talk to him. And it got to a point where I felt supported and comfortable enough to tell him like, that's what I needed. Like I was processing because I don't know how I feel and I can't tell you how I feel. If I don't know how I feel, I need to sit with it and think about it and feel it. Then I'll come back to you when I'm ready. And him being aware enough to understand that and being open enough. And then him now where we have like this point where he just says, okay, if that's what's happening I as your other partner because I want to talk about it immediately need you to tell me okay I'm I'm doing my processing I can't tell you how I feel right now because I don't know so give me some time give me some space we'll come back and have this conversation later and 
that's the difference between working on a relationship and having a good healthy one and having one where you just keep it just keeps escalating and then it becomes like physical or emotional violence yes exactly and i love the quote you cannot see your reflection in boiling water similarly i can't speak you cannot see the truth in a state of anger so it's really like why continue to try to talk about a problem when you're both angry because you're not going to be able to really see things clearly because of that state of anger Mm -hmm. there was something trevor told me once where was it trevor told me or i showed him i forget how it came about but we had this whole conversation about it once about how like it's you and your partner versus the problem but a lot of the time when you're having miss uh what is it like discommunication which i think is a word i just made up but when you're not communicating properly it actually you and your partner intend to make each other the enemy instead of the problem mm-hmm. and so one of the things like some one of us one of the other will say if we're like continuously going back and forth and we're both you know still frustrated is still one of us will be like it's not us versus each other it's us together versus the problem Mm -hmm. so what's actually the problem yeah and letting go of like that blame like blaming Mm -hmm. each other yeah because that's easy to do yeah and that's ego-driven behavior right there yeah let's talk about what is one big lesson that we learned from our marriages what's the biggest lesson that you learned from your marriage with trevor a lot of people say that you have to like wake up each day and choose your marriage and i get that that concept but we've been together like 10 years and I don't I don't feel like I have to wake up and choose him I feel like I wake up like I just wake up and I always want that and maybe I'll get to a point in like being together long enough that it I have to choose that I think what is really meant by that is like you have to choose the work because like I said like being in a short relationship is exciting and exhilarating and easy-ish being in a long-term relationship it takes more work because you're mirroring traumas, you're learning to communicate, like you're working on yourself. I think one big lesson that I learned is if you have the right partner, you guys will work on each other and building your relationship, but you'll give each other that space to develop as a person and support each other in your own journey. And that was why like you were obviously at our wedding, of course. Um, That was like one of the really important things when I was like practicing writing my vows and I was looking for your help. I, I wanted to, there's a book I read, I forget the name. I could look it up. It talks about co-commitment versus co-dependency in a relationship mm-hmm. and the difference between those. And I really wanted a f- I wanted a healthy relationship where I support his co-commitment to me and our marriage and not codependency. Yes. In our vows, it was very important to me that I basically say that I support his journey of being an individual while also choosing this life we've we've wanted to create together. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly like how I was trying to say a little bit earlier is like finding your independence within the relationship and not losing yourself in a relationship. Oh, yeah, because when you're young, you totally do that. Absolutely. Completely. You change like every aspect of yourself. And then especially like some people you, never change from doing that. Especially if you grew up with, you know, parents that did exactly that. <laughs> yeah, just complete chameleons. Yeah, through a lot of codependent relationships that turned out to be not the best but I think you share yours thing that I really think needs to be talked about more is I feel like there's this toxic viewpoint that intimacy needs to be like a constant 
everyday thing like sexual intimacy oh yeah I feel like me so much more than that yeah I feel like it's not talked about into me I'm an intimacy (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's not talked about enough and it can make people who are in these long-term relationships that you know don't want to be intimate in a sexual way constantly like you start to compare yourself to how maybe your friends do or how maybe somebody who just got into a new relationship is and Mm -hmm. it's like there's so much other ways that you can connect on an intimate level and I feel like there's this toxic mentality that intimacy is just strictly sex Mm, I could totally agree with that I think we're starting to make a transition into understanding that it's more than that I think the toxic concept that's still floating around is that like basically the concept that like that's the most that's like the highest pinnacle of intimacy is being physically because think about all the people who have casual sexual relationships and they're completely unfulfilled because there's no intimacy in those and my husband and I talk about that all the time because you know being in Austin I've encountered a lot of people who have open marriages and I'm just like I don't understand how that works because I can't be physical with someone without being intimate with them because it's just like it's empty it's very Mm. hollow it's very like soul draining Mm. Mm, yeah it's funny because I was talking about that exact conversation with another friend the other day about how you know everybody has different perspectives on what they want in love and like if you think about it marriage is so conditioned we have been conditioned to believe that like we need to get married and like have a just like Mm. this lifelong partner if you think about it like it's like why do we like we get married to show our commitment but there's also so much behind it that I feel like has been so conditioned as society like as a society of this dream where you meet someone and then you get married and then you have kids and your other half and they complete you yeah that's why that's why I didn't like that I didn't want that I don't I didn't want that but then now look where you are I mean no I'm saying like that's why I didn't put any of that in my vows my vows were not you're my other half you complete me you're my world because then I don't want that for him I don't want that for me yeah because then you're like and you should in my opinion you should never give someone else the power to rip your world away from you I think your greatest love story in life should be and this is gonna sound crazy because like people are gonna be like that sounds so so selfish should be yourself because if you don't love yourself properly you can't have good relationships and love other people so you have to the, the most important love story you can have in your life is to have one with yourself mm-hmm. and then I think that will bleed into all the other aspects of of your life. So I think maybe it is important that each person defines their intimacy and relationships for themselves. Yeah, maybe that's absolutely. what open marriages work for some people. And I think too, is that in order to be really intimate with other people, for example, if somebody is struggling with intimacy, that's when I start to then ask myself those people the question are you afraid to get intimate with yourself Mm. because if you're afraid to get intimate with yourself then that's probably going to then lead to struggles to get intimate with someone else and I had this conversation with someone who was struggling with intimacy and yeah like she was afraid to truly get intimate with herself and I'm not even just talking like how we talked about the other day um about how master 
masturbation was so taboo and like looked down upon mm-hmm. growing up or whatever. And it's like when you not reflect, even just that, just like taking yourself out on a date. Yeah. Or getting to know yourself truly. Mm-hmm. Because some of us still struggle to know what it is we want and desire. And a lot of this can come from listening to everybody else's opinions and beliefs about us. That or we're things so clouded. forced on us societally. Yeah. That we're so clouded about what it is we actually want. See, that's how I feel. That's what happened when I was in that toxic dysfunctional relationship. Mm-hmm. That was what was happening is I had all these exterior things like clouding what I really wanted and what I was wanted my life to look like. Yeah. And then it was like, once I dumped that, there was like a huge weight. And I was like, this is who I want to be. This is what I want. I'm going after it. Exactly. And that's when match that- my energy or get out. <laughs> yeah. And that's when that glow up started to happen for you is when you realize that. And I think it's so important to let go of that external validation kind of mentality and just take the time to get to know yourself Mm -hmm. and build strong, healthy habits for yourself. And as you start focusing on yourself and doing the inner work, that is when relationships are going to start reflecting that back to you because relationships are our greatest mirrors. So it's always going to reflect back to us what we need to work on. So if you are in a relationship and you find yourself feeling triggered or whatever else, that's when I would say, ask yourself, okay, why is this triggering me? What is this trying to reflect back to me right now? And taking more of a respond versus react approach to conflict in a relationship is something that I've definitely learned. You know, it's so easy to be reactive. Just giving yourself the the time and space to like collect before you react is very powerful. I think that also can bleed into so many other things like work and raising children and friends friendships even but yeah that's actually an excellent point i guess we can close this off by maybe saying a relationship advice that we can give to someone who maybe is struggling in their relationship right now Mm -hmm. i would say my best advice would be to give yourself the space and time like you were saying to get to know yourself because if you're struggling with like staying or going kind of like what I was, it's probably not the right relationship. And you're probably not being intimate and vulnerable enough emotionally with yourself and having the courage to do what's right for you and not what's right for societal reasons, financial reasons, family reasons, obligatory reasons, like do what makes you happy not what makes other people happy because living there's nothing worse than living an unauthentic life yeah I agree 100% and also I think too I don't want anybody to take this wrong way but I also think too that a lot of us can search for perfection in relationships Mm, yep doesn't exist Yeah. And that does not exist. There's always going to be conflict in relationships because that's where the most growth happens. But what I want to say is make sure that you aren't staying in toxic situations, but at the same time, you're also not, yeah, like unsafe situations, but also not putting these high expectations that, you know, are impossible to meet as well. Because I've done that in the past where I've set these really high expectations Mm -hmm. and I had to kind of like look at myself and be like, all right, hold on. Why am I setting such, such high expectations? Because 
the grass is not always greener on the other side. There is going to be moments where you have to deal with real life stuff. And that's when you have to ask yourself, okay, is this worth it? Am I completely unhappy and miserable? Or is this just something that can be worked on? Because relationships can be worked on and you can grow as a team. I kind of look Mm -hmm. at it as like a partnership as like a team or teammates here. Yes, I love team of life. Yeah, we talk all the time about being teammates. Yeah, and, and having someone who, you know, when you can't give, like, because I think of relationships as like 50-50, right? But some days, it's going to be 70-30. 80-20. 80-20, yeah. 100-0. It's like where you're just helping each other just and knowing that when it's your turn to have the help, they're going to have your back. Mm-hmm. Also, the book that I was talking about is called Conscious Loving. Oh. It's uh, The Journey to Codependency. It's by Gay Hendricks. Perfect. So everybody check that out. Yeah. Especially an, if you, you can listen like to it. It's struggle. an audio book. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Especially if you think you struggle with codependency because it is so much more common than you would think. Mm-hmm. I didn't even realize the things I was doing until I started listening to this book and I was like, oh my God, I oh, have so yeah. many bad toxic traits. <laughs> <laughs> No, we all do because we all have just been through things and we create these responses due to what we've been through. And then we unfortunately can attract some tough relationships, mm-hmm. but there's always lessons to be learned through them. But at the end of the day, don't lose yourself because that's a relationship that's going to be with you until you die is you and you. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, I think that concludes today's episode. I hope you gained some insight through it we always love recording these if you guys ever have suggestions for what you want us to talk about please let us know it is so helpful we just want to you know keep putting out content that you want to listen to so let us know and until next time bye guys Mm -hmm.